Well, hello. My name is Seth, of course, as Mr. Rick just said. Um, so as he said, I've been going here since I was a wee little baby, like three, two, maybe. I don't know. Um, I was small. So uh, I know basically everyone in the church who's been here since then. Uh, I'm very familiar with Taryn, Jesse, Mr. Rick himself. Actually, as you said, a funny story with Taryn. I love this story. I love this story so much, and so does he. He'll tell you it if you just go and ask him about it. So back in middle school, whenever I was part of the youth group, we would go to a camp called Camp Smiling Acres, and it was anything but smiley. Literally, out in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the woods in Louisiana, it looked like something straight out of Friday the 13th. I'm telling you, like Jason could have come out of those woods with a machete at any moment. I would not have been surprised at all. Um, so every year I broke out in hives. I'll get to that. But I broke out in hives every year for two years in a row for some reason, and I thought I was dying. And uh, so I'm allergic to grass right? So it, it's awful allergy, but anytime my bare skin comes in contact with like fresh grass or whatever, it's even worse in the summer, it breaks out into hives and I get super itchy and it's really uncomfortable and I can't lie down and everything is just terrible. So we would do the redneck slip and slide. If any of y'all know what that is, we would cover a huge tarp um, with Dawn soap or baby oil and slide on it. And then we'd slide into the grass, get up and do it again. Not everybody has my grass allergy, so everybody else was fine except for me, and I did this for two years in a row. I would slide on it and hit the grass, and I'd get up, and then that night, I would always have massive hives like all over my chest, my stomach, my arms, my legs, and I'm just like, oh gosh, like I'm in so much pain. Both years, I go up to the counselor cabin um, at like 2 a.m. in the morning because I can't sleep. I wake Taryn and Jesse up. I'm like, Taryn, Jesse, wake up. I'm dying. Um... And I'm like, I need to call my, the first year, I'm like, I need to call my mom. So I call my mother, my loving, kind, generous mother who cares about her son so much. And she's talking to Taryn and Jesse, and then I hear her say, I'm, mind you, I'm not on the phone. I'm sitting on this bed, and Taryn and Jesse are like over there at the guitar. And all I hear is my mom say, put them on the phone. With that, with that tone of voice, I'm like, oh boy. So I get the phone. She says, go to sleep. Stop bugging Taryn and Jesse. We're not coming to get you. Good night. It's 2 a.m. in the morning. My mom loves me so much, if you cannot tell from that story. I love my mother. She is a wonderful, wonderful woman. Taryn and Jesse, especially Taryn, loves that story so much. You can go ask him about it. He probably makes it a lot funnier than me. Um, so that that's basically just a little insight on how well I know Taryn and Jesse. Now, how I came up with this lesson is actually kind of a funny story in itself. So I'm getting ready for this formal event I have for college. It's this dinner I have to go to. And I'm actually ironing this shirt. I don't know why I was ironing my undershirt first in the first place, but I was. Um, so I was ironing my undershirt, and then I get a like, mark right here. Like There's still remnants of it, but it's right here. And I try to get rid of it, because mind you, I have to be at this dinner in an hour. So I take a tight erase marker. You know this tight erase marker is supposed to get rid of the stain. I start trying to erase it, and it makes it blue. It, it makes a massive blue stain, like this big on my shirt. And I'm just like, right, like what? <laughs> I just can't win. So I put on my dress shirt. Uh, it shows through the dress shirt. I'm like, okay, uh, I can't do anything else. So I just, I'm like, I'll just cover it up with this jacket. 
I'll just cover it up because it's over here so the jacket will cover it. And then it dawned on me, like, don't we do that with a lot of our sin or a lot of the things we don't like about ourselves? We just try to cover it up with something else, no matter if it fits or if it does fit, whatever, as long as it covers it up. But the thing is, as we move forward, those layers are going to have to come off eventually, whether it's just with you and you or if it's with you and another group of people, they will eventually see the innermost being of you. And if it's stained and ugly, then the end, they're going to see the true you. It doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter who, it doesn't matter how, they will see it. So in today's lesson, we're going to be learning about how to properly cover up yourself. But whenever you cover yourself up, you're not covering up stains. You're covering up things that have been blotted out through the forgiveness of God and his graces. So we're taking it back to Genesis. Flashback. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, 17. We actually see the first command God gives to man um, with Adam. He speaks in verse 16, he says, And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. You notice God says in verse 16, You are free to eat from any tree. It's just an example. From the very beginning, God provides everything we need. He only asks us to not do one thing, just one tiny little simple thing, not to eat an apple or anything from that tree. But we have, like, probably hundreds of other trees in the garden we could eat from. But continuously as humans, we always decide every day to eat from that one tree of sin that he tells us not to eat from. No matter what we do, it's every day. It happens. We can't stop it. We're natural-born sinners. It just happens. And then you notice in verse 17, it says you'll certainly die. If you remember correctly the story of Adam and Eve, whenever they bit out of the apple, they didn't drop dead on the spot, right? They are still alive, but they realized that they had sinned. They realized what was good and what was wrong. Whenever it says you'll certainly die, it's talking more along the lines of spiritual death. We had this pure relationship with God in the beginning, unstained, clean, like this white shirt. But then we marked it and we stained it in the beginning whenever we decided to disobey God. Things inside out. Second. So you take this pure relationship we have with Christ, walking side by side with him in the garden. We take it, it's white, right? There's nothing on it, right? And you take this permanent Sharpie marker and you make marks on it. You dirty it up. You dirty up this pure relationship you have with God. Every time you sin, it's another stain. Every time you sin, it's another mark in your relationship with Christ. And again, as I said, we can't help it. I mean, we're natural born sinners. It's just what we do. I think that's marked enough. Okay. So instead of this pure relationship with Christ that we have, like this shirt, instead... We put on this marked one, full of sin, full of sin, insecurities, um, other things that we are never meant to have in the first place, staining us. And, but the reason this happens, you'll see the first example of this 
in chapter 3, verse 6 through 7. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So this really struck a chord with me probably about like two days ago as I was studying the scripture that I was going to be preparing for this. It says in verse 6, whenever she saw the fruit of the tree of good and evil, it was pleasing to the eye. Right, And a lot of things are pleasing to the eye. A lot of sin is pleasing to the eye. A lot of fleeting pleasures are pleasing to the eye in the moment. So say you're walking, you're walking through like the grocery store, Target, whatever, and you see a nice blender. And you see this blender, and it's got three blades instead of one. And you're like, wow, I need that in my life. I'm buying this blender that has three blades instead of one blade. And then you get it, and it's no better than the bl- blender with one blade. And you spent 300 bucks on something when you could have spent 50 bucks, and you realize that in the end, it costs more than it was actually worth. And that's how a lot of sin and temporary pleasure is, is in the end, it costs so much more than it was actually worth in getting it. And with the, alli- not the alliteration, but I'm doing a little illustration here. Hopefully, y'all won't forget it. I know first service, first service definitely didn't forget it because um, they told me. But <laughs> I know, now you are wondering what I'm about to do. Right? <laughs> but um, so you notice that they realized that they were naked and they covered it up with fig leaves, right? They, they were like, oh, no, this is wrong. I'm going to just go cover this up by myself. So that can be a lot of things. So we can cover up our insecurities with jealousy. We can cover up our discontent with rage. We can cover up our depression with alcohol. We can cover up a lot of things with other things that don't fit our life. Or we're never supposed to fit our life, at least in the beginning. Um, you'll see that as soon as I button this thing up. I know, the suspense is killing y'all, isn't it? I'm sorry. So, okay, that's good enough. Obviously, you can tell this isn't mine. It's for someone who's larger than me, my dad. Um, I love you, dad. Uh, So, and hang on, I need to tuck this in. Just give me a second. Hang on. All right. Sorry. Um, so, and as I said to Mr. Rick, I really did not plan that part out on how I was going to tuck my shirt in because I, I was standing up here in first service and I put this shirt on and I was like, I have to tuck this thing in. I have to unbuckle. And I was like, this is, okay. But anyways, so going on, look, this thing really doesn't fit me, 
right? I mean, it looks like it kind of does here, but that's because it's tucked all the way down. If I tuck it up, I got a muffin top, right? I This doesn't fit at all in the arms. So I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'll just put on this suit jacket and cover this up because this looks nice. This looks like it will fit. I'm not going to check the price or the size or anything. It's not sleeve. I'm not going to check the price or the size or anything. I'm just going to throw it on and hope it covers up all this ugliness that I've that I've put into my life and everything else that doesn't fit. Oh, crud. This doesn't fit either. Now tell me, does this look good or not? Like, be honest with me. No, it doesn't, right? No, it doesn't. It doesn't look good at all. And the thing is, if you try to cover up your sin by yourself with more sin or more things that don't fit, it only leads to more sin and even death. Not, again, not physical death, but spiritual death. And, you know, I was talking with Mr. Rick, um, I think it was, mon- yeah, it was Monday, this past Monday, and he, he mentioned something to me. Uh, he said, he asked me this question. He said, Seth, what was the first murder in the Bible? And I was like, Cain killing Abel, like, duh, like, any, like an elementary school kid could answer that question, and he said, no, Seth, actually, um, Dr. Alan Dunn mentioned something to me, um, I know this isn't up on the screen, but it says, in verse 21 of chapter 3, the Lord made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them, and he talked to me, and he said, Seth, where do you think he got that skin from? And I was like, animals, right? And he said, well, how do you think he got the skin from the animals? He didn't just skin them alive, right? And I said, no. And then he's like, he had to kill the animals to take the skin because Adam and Eve had sinned and then tried to cover up their sin, and it led to death. So trying to cover up your sin by yourself with more sin and something that you are never supposed to wear in the first place could only lead to death and struggle, discontent. And just things that you're never supposed to have. But fear not, because God shows us what we should do. If you turn to Colossians chapter 3, this is only one of many scriptures in the Bible that tell us what we need to cast off and what we need to put on. I mean, it's all throughout scripture. Um, So as Christians, we really never have an excuse of saying, well, I don't know how to live my life properly as a Christian. This is the ultimate guide on how to live your life as a Christian. All you have to do is read it. And all you have to do is learn how to apply it in your life every day. You just have to learn how to apply it. Meditate on the word. So you look in chapter 3, verse 5. It says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. And then you look in verse 8. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. So he's telling us, take off all these things that aren't really supposed to fit us, that are never supposed to fit in the first place. Also, did I mention that I'm wearing tennis shoes with a dress suit? You're never supposed to wear tennis shoes with a suit. Like That's like a cardinal rule. You just don't do that. But the thing is, What I'm saying is getting you to look at these tennis shoes, they're at the bottom, right? They support me every single day. If you don't have proper support or something that is supposed to fit with what you're wearing, then how are you supposed to build up? You don't build a skyscraper from the top and build it down, do you? 
That's just idiotic. You just don't do that. You build a skyscraper from the bottom. You build a strong foundation, and you build it up into a strong tower. That's how our Christian life should be. We should start with a strong foundation on the bottom around Jesus Christ and centering our life around him and then build up from there. Don't, don't just try to go straight to the top immediately. You're going to fall. Trust me. I've done it. I've tried to do it by myself. I've tried to take over. I mean, I tried to get past struggles by myself, and I've fallen many times. I tried to get past the struggle of drinking many times by myself, and I failed many times. But the only reason I was able to get past that was with Christ and clothing myself in Christ and clothing myself with what fits. And it moves on to verse 12 in chapter 3 of Colossians. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Verse 14 really hits at home. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. The base of our Christian walk is love. I do not care what you say. It all comes down to love. Because Jesus gave us two commands Right before he went and died on that cross for us, which, of course, we don't deserve that sacrifice. He gave us two commands based on love. Love Jesus with all your heart, and then love your neighbor as you love yourself. The whole entire base of our Christian walk is based upon love. And those are the things that fit. Everything that fits comes from love, right? So we take off malice, rage, sexual immorality, um, lust, evil, greed. We take all that off. Take it all off. And we're pure again, right? We have white. Something unblemished. This is what it's like every single day whenever we take off what doesn't fit. Whenever we take off that sin. Whenever we lift it up to Christ. He gives us a new start every single day. And then, in that day... When following our walk with Christ, called to put on gentleness, kindness, love, the greatest which of which is love, we put on things that do fit, that we are supposed to wear from the very beginning. We don't have to cover up so desperately with things that don't fit us. We don't have to grab immediately at the first thing that's going to cover up our ugliness, that's going to cover up our sin. Because I feel like that's what gets us in trouble a lot, is we reach out to the very first thing that comes that we know will cover us ourselves up. No matter whether it fits, no matter whether it's right, no matter whether it's wrong, we grab at it because we're so desperate to not be exposed, right? I've done it. I'll admit I've done it. I still do it. I mean, I'm not perfect. No one's perfect except for Jesus. Um,
Now, this looks a lot better than the first shirt that I was wearing, right? If I do say so myself, I'm just kidding. Um, it fits a lot better. There's no muffin top here, right? The sleeves fit. Everything fits because it's what God intended for me to wear from the very beginning all along. And then, of course, you got to put on your nice dress shoes, wing-tipped or not, um, for your base. Where it talks about in Psalms chapter 1, be like a tree planted by the water. Trees have deep roots, right? You can't just rip up a tree willy-nilly. So in order to live out a strong Christian life, you have to have deep roots and be able to be rooted and not succumb so easily to temptations that come along the way, especially if you struggled with things in the past. And we move on to Romans chapter 13, verse 14. Actually, it's more, I kind of decided this, uh, like, morning. Uh, it's actually Romans chapter 13, verse 13 through 14. It says, let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So again, comes back to what we're actually clothing ourselves with, what we should clothe ourselves with is actually Jesus Christ, love, gentleness, kindness, Everything that was supposed to fit us from the very beginning, what we are supposed to clothe ourselves with, even if we feel like we're ugly inside, even with all the sin. Because remember, as I said, we're given a new start every single day, right? God makes us clean every single day. We come to him on our knees, humble as we should, because we're all sinners every day, lifting it up to him. And he takes this ugly little shirt that we've made so many stains on and he makes it white as day every single morning like this one so it doesn't show through anything that we're covering it up and you might be thinking like well Seth why are you telling me all this why are you saying this to me why are you telling me how to live my life why are you telling me how to properly live out Christian life it's because in the end, there is punishment if you do not live out your Christian life properly, if you do not follow the will of God, if you do not learn to put on what is proper, what fits, there is punishment in the end. And that brings me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54. It talks about the perishable becoming imperishable, right? We're all perishable kind of like perishable fruit items, like in the produce store, like they eventually like rot out. That's just because we're not supposed to be here, right? We're supposed, to, our actual birthplace is in heaven. But it talks about the perishable becoming imperishable, the mortal becoming the immortal. And let me read this to you. Verse 54, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came down, 
and he was actually first mentioned in Genesis chapter 3. Um, let me just go back to that. Genesis chapter 3. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. The offspring that he's talking about of the woman is Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is not only son of man, he is also son of God. But son of man, son of a woman, son of Mary. He crushes the serpent's head, the serpent being the devil. He takes away its sting, which is sin. Because, you know, you think of Satan, you think of death, you think of hell. He takes away that sting, Jesus Christ does. Because he came down and willingly gave his life for us. So selflessly on that cross, humiliated where we should be humiliated. And not a day goes by that I don't think about how undeserving I am and we are of that sacrifice that he went up there and became sin for the sinners up on that cross and died for us. And that just brings me to my point, how Jesus looked death in the face and he said, you've lost. It's that simple. You, he says to death that you have lost, that sin can no longer harm you, that whenever you repent of your sin, you become white as day, and you can clothe yourself with what God really wants us to wear. Um, that's my lesson for today. And I, the, just the one thing I want you to have it is do not cover up your sin with more sin. Do not cover up your sin with what doesn't fit. Cover up your sin with God. Let God take care of your sin. Let God blot away every single ugly thing that you've done. Don't think about it. Learn from it. Learn to grow closer with God through all the struggles that you go through. That is what I want you to learn from today, that you don't have to be defined by what you've done. You don't have to be defined by the sin that you commit. What you're defined by is God and his grace and what he's done for you and his love for you. And you just have to continue to walk in that every single day that you get up. And he loves you. No matter what you do, just remember that, that he loves you.